James Shaw is the leader of the Greens Party and he's not quite headed off to COP26 and joins us here on the Weekend Collective. James, thank you. How are you this afternoon? Oh, good, thank you very much. Oh, big what? news, big news. Yeah, you've been busy today. So you've announced a new target of getting net greenhouse emissions to 50% of what the 2005 levels were. By 2030, that's um, not not that long away. Um, no. <laughs> have, you got any, have you got any ideas on how we're going to do that? I have quite a long list of ideas. I think, you know, um, what this is kind of part of the program that we've had over the course of the last four years of saying, look, as a country, we have uh, been kind of singularly poor at reducing our greenhouse gas emissions. In fact, we've gone up uh, since 1990. And what that has meant is that we are in a position now of looking at quite a steep decline. But the whole reason why we set up the Independent Climate Change Commission uh, as a non-partisan body with, you know, um, scientists and economists and so on is to say, well, what can, what actually can we do uh, over the course of the coming 10 years? Yeah. And so essentially today's um, announcement was in response to that advice. Uh, and it says actually we can do more. Um, and as a comparatively wealthy developed country, we should be doing more. Um, and we're going to need to stretch ourselves. Just to be cynical for a moment, is this announcement and the timing of it just so you can walk into COP with your head held high rather than with a level of sheepishness that we haven't done enough? <laughs> well, I, I, I think I'm still going to have a level of sheepishness over our historical performance, right, because it, it really has not been great. Um, but no, we, we actually said back in February uh, when the Prime Minister and I um, took receipt of the Commission's draft advice, we said then that we would be revising the target, but it's been quite an involved process. Uh, and we have left it until uh, right before it's due because we're actually required under the Paris Agreement to have it before COP26, which starts tomorrow. I just find this quite remarkable and a little bit ridiculous given the amount of coal that we import and, and the things that we're doing to primary business. There'll be a lot of people involved in primary industry, James, at the moment, wondering what the heck you're going to do next in order to climate tackle change. And what the impact will be on their business? Well, the program that we've got with the agricultural sector, we set up in 2019. It's called Hewaka Ekanoa. It involves um, most of the big levy organisations uh, and some of our largest companies like Fonterra and so on, uh, as well as Ministry for Primary Industries, Ministry for the Environment uh, and so on. And that is a partnership approach where we say, look, we all acknowledge that we want to continue to provide food for ourselves and for the world. And we also know that we've got to discover ways uh, of reducing our emissions whilst we do that. Um, and that we need to roll those uh, out, uh, you know, kind of whether that's changes in farm practice that we already know about or new technologies that we're, that we're currently working on, that we've got to roll those out across our agricultural sector. Um, and uh, we've put a lot of stock in that process. And, and I think... Uh, that partnership is intending to go out and start talking to farmers early next year. What so about, I think people will have a sense then of what that looks like. What about the average Kiwi? Are they going to be worried about this hitting them in the pocket? No. No, look, I think, you know, what what we're talking about here is uh, a, a transition over many years. Um, and this is something that I've talked about a lot over the course of uh, the last four years and that I've been in this job, is we should see this as an investment, right? Because pretty much everything we do 
we're doing to reduce our emissions is actually an upgrade in our infrastructure, right? So it's an upgrade to transport. It's an upgrade to our electricity generation. It's an upgrade to our industrial heat processes. It's an upgrade to our waste management systems and all of that kind of stuff. And so uh, the more you put into your infrastructure, the more uh, all of us are able to use that infrastructure for our own businesses and, and quality of life and so on. So I think that what you'll see is a significant return on that investment in coming decades. What about, um, you're not planning anything like an overhaul, we're looking at the three waters overhaul of the water companies, Are you have you got the electricity companies in your sights? Um, well, obviously electricity is Megan Woods, she's the Minister for Energy and Resources, uh, and she's had a program actually for years, uh, working with the sector to say, well, how do, how do we manage this transition? And what you've seen in, in recent years, actually, is a number of our gen tailors have started to uh, invest significant amounts in new projects like the Turatea Wind Farm uh, that's almost being completed now. You've also seen the first utility-scale solar farms coming online in different parts of the country. And I think that what you'll see is that pace of change increase uh, over the course of the coming years uh, as uh, those companies roll out far more renewables uh, than we have over the course of the last 10 years. James Shaw, leader of the Green Party, with us here on the Weekend Collective. The text machine, the emissions coming out of the text machine is concerning, but uh, lots of people asking lots of questions. A gabillion trees. How many trees were you going to plant? Where are we with planting trees? Uh, well, we're doing pretty well. I don't have the number for the Billion Trees programme. I'm not. Again, you'd need to talk to Stuart Nash, who's the Minister for Forestry, to, to, to get that number. You could be an all-black with all this passing you're doing here, James. Come on. It's a cross-government effort, uh, okay, and okay. it requires virtually every minister of government to, in some ways, be a climate change minister. So what about the people who are uh, listening to this, the average person who thinks, you know, uh, well, a lot of people are, are on board with the climate change thing, we want to make changes, but what about the mm. argument that we, we are like a mouse trying to tow an elephant? We've got China, we've got India, <laughs> the United States. Uh, our effect on the climate yep. is negligible compared to that. So what's your answer to those objections? Well, first of all, I mean, I do get this question a lot, right? It, so it's not an uncommon concern for those people who, who are bringing it up here. Um, it is incumbent upon every country in the world to live up to the commitments that they made in Paris uh, five years ago. Um, but if you, if you added up all of the countries around the world that each individually emit less than 1% of the total, right? So that's one of, New Zealand's one of those countries. There are 90 other countries around the world that individually emit less than 1%. But collectively, mm -hmm. we add up to a third of the global total. And so what that shows is that small countries acting together can make a bigger difference than the United States or Europe or China. Um, but we do require... United States, Europe and China to do their bit too. Um, yeah. And in fact, uh, in particular, the US and China have both reduced their emissions over the last 30 years and we have not. Yeah. Um, so you're heading off to COP soon. When are you jumping on the plane and will you be flying business or coach? Um, I'm flying at the end of next week. It's a business class flight. Mm. <laughs> That's, I've had a couple of texts about that just asking about whether you're going to be I, I mean isn't there an argument that, that if you're going to walk the walk that you should be sitting at the back in the most um, in the in the most cramped seat or did you just do the carbon credits um, We do use offsets to make sure that our travel is uh, netted out so um, we have less impact than others 
who fly in that sense. Um, ultimately, I would prefer not to go at all, yeah. um, but this is a critical meeting uh, and they didn't give us an option of getting there any other way. James, what's your take on the little barking fox terrier that is um, Greta Thunberg, for example, saying that we're not doing things quick enough. You're all going to go and go, oh, yes, oh, this is terrible and we should do something more. Uh, you know, Why can't we act quicker than what we're acting? Well, the thing is, I tend to agree with her. If you look at the amount of talk over the last 30 years versus the amount of action, there's a huge gap. Uh, and I think it just underlines the importance of the work that we are doing right now, including today's announcement that we're, we are intending to lift our game to make sure that we are doing our part in the fight around the world to stop the worst of the climate crisis from happening. Well, James, all the very best and enjoy that business class flight 